With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, guys, I know you love the sport of hockey, and I know you love making money. So let's bring those two things together. MyBookie.ag has teamed up with the Hockey Podcast Network to bring you a great deal. Use the promo code THPN and MyBookie will match your initial deposit 50% all the way up to $1,000. So you deposit $500, you get $250 to play with in free wagers. That's a can't-lose situation, folks. Use the promo code THPN on MyBookie.ag. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome everyone to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host TJ and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the Grumpy Old Man. That's me. Uh, Grumpy Old Man, we are recording this podcast here on Tuesday evening after an Islanders come from behind victory against the Dallas Stars. Um, Something where, a game where both yourself and myself thought the Islanders were going to go ahead and lose just because as of recent, they've struggled against the Dallas Stars. And uh, about 12 minutes, the first 12 minutes of the game, the Islanders got off to a ridiculously quick start. And Ben Bishop single-handedly kept the stars in the game. And, of course, as the game continued, um, you know, ebbs and flows of the game, you know, things kind of started to cool off and settle down. And I honestly thought when the Islanders gave up that goal in the third period and we had the power play goal, the first power play goal, on our fifth attempt, which was overturned by the review, I thought we were definitely done. Um, yes, first of all, TJ, I want to just tell you that uh, if I was playing for the Islanders tonight, I would probably be on the uh, injured reserve list because I'm dealing with a very serious cold right now. But you know, I'm pushing through for the pot for you, the people, and the podcast, just letting you know that I am uh, not up to snuff today, but I'm still going to deliver my my usual uh, fantastic breakdown of the Islanders thing and slam you to the fans, whoever listen to this podcast. I don't want them to be disappointed that we're going to let TJ off the hook today for his insane, ridiculous comments. Uh, now to the game. Uh, you are correct. I thought we were fantastic in the first period. It was a little bit disappointing that we came out of that uh, in a one, one tie, honestly, uh, the second period, uh, you saw that uh, um, Dallas really picked it up after that. And I thought they controlled the action for the most part 
for the second period. What I did see, because I was kind of in and out of consciousness, I will admit, uh, you know, I, some of my pain pills were starting to kick in a little bit. And I'm like, oh, man, it just didn't look bad. You know, the screen was a little wobbly. It just could have been the Islanders' poor play. I don't know. But what I did see in the third period, we were dominating. Um, I That uh, goal that was called back from interference from Anders Lee, it was. Uh, and it's so funny because I was, you know, I'm watching the game and all I could see was how poorly Brock Nelson played today. And I said, then you see him score that goal. I'm like, you know what? TJ's going to argue. Well, he scored the tie-in goal. Well, and, no, uh, no, he assists. Uh, no, he, he didn't he score a goal. Brock Nelson didn't score. He would have, Nelson would have scored that goal that was uh, called back. And it, it wasn't, it was goaltender interference, but I thought I was going to have to battle you in my weakened state today over the poorness of Brock Nelson's performance tonight, uh, he was terrible. He was he was responsible for the first two goals that they gave up. So he was be a double D bad. Well, before I kind of address that, I, I did want to say I wanted to confirm for you that yes, in the third period, the Islanders did struggle immensely, especially at the start. Um, I where I'm located, unfortunately, I had to watch the Dallas Stars broadcast. And let me tell you something, grumpy old man. You think, and again, I don't know how the commercials are towards you, um, but I can tell you one thing: at least in Dallas, in the state of Texas. The amount of hamburger commercials of Whataburgers and Jack in the Box and Burger King, the amount of burger commercials that I got was unbelievable. I couldn't fathom it. Usually I associate like hamburgers with summertime-ish type of feels. And I want to say there was – I couldn't even count on two hands how many different Whataburger commercials there were. I've never been to a Whataburger. I don't know what it's like. Don't know what they taste like, but I can tell you one thing, at least in the Dallas area, Whataburger must be a very, very large corporation that the uh, that normal Texans love. I heard Whataburgers are pretty good. I've never had them either, but I hear that they're pretty good. Um, you know, okay, just think about it now. All right. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to explain marketing to you because obviously there's something else you don't know anything about besides Islanders hockey is marketing. Uh, you look at the University of Texas. What is their logo? Do you know? It's a Longhorn. That's right. It's a Longhorn. Very good. And do you know what that is? What is a, what is a Longhorn? Do you know? It's a steer, I believe. That's right. So it's a type of cow. And what do you make out of cows? That's right. Hamburgers. Steak, hamburgers, anything There you, you go. And I guess what? I guess a lot of the people in Texas like to eat hamburgers. I mean, I'm sure you're not going to you know, show them advertising for... I don't know. Uh, you know, I could say something really off color right now, but I'm not. But just think of something that, you know, maybe, I don't know, Disney on ice. I mean, you're just not going to see that in Texas, I don't think. Well, I will say this. Now, I, and I understood there was going to be a few hamburger commercials, but the amount of hamburger commercials, I want to say it probably it consumed maybe 60 to 70% of all commercials. And that's where I was kind of taken back almost a little bit. And I was like, oh, wow. You had a few hotel commercials, La Quinta Inn, uh, just was different for me. So I was like, I was trying to get the whole experience of the broadcast today. Uh, that being said, I, I I love the fact that the Islanders won this game today. If the Islanders lost that game in regulation, I do not know where some fans would be. 
and probably myself included. I can honestly say that because given, you know, we had an overtime loss against the Vancouver Canucks and I was not expecting us to win this game against the Dallas Stars just because we usually struggle against them. Ben Bishop usually plays and, and stands on his head against us. And they were even talking about that in the Dallas Stars broadcast. That being said, the fact that we won, I think maybe we'll put some of the the crowd who is, uh, I guess you could say, upset very easily. I'll put them at ease a little bit, um, myself included, because if we didn't lo- win this game here, I mean, I, I don't know what to think, because we've got the Los Angeles Kings, who we've lost to earlier on this year. Then we have the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Washington Capitals. So, I mean, this is this is definitely no easy part of our schedule, and we're going to also notice that we're going to get more and more games ramped up here in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Um, you know, just real quick to go back to the commercial thing, uh, they did uh, show uh, Roger Waters, who used to be part of Pink Floyd. He's back out on tour again. Um, I forget the name of the tour, but they've added a second tour date for Madison Square Garden. Uh, and he's fantastic. If anyone has a chance to go see him, please do. He's really, really good. If anyone likes Pink Floyd, you got to love Roger Waters. If some of the younger people don't know who Pink Floyd is, shame on you. Uh, that's another homework assignment from the grumpy old man. Listen to some Pink Floyd. Uh, back to the game. Uh, I thought we played well. Dallas gives us trouble because they play the same style and really it was not an exciting game today. Both teams really play the same style. Uh, you know, everybody collapsed back on defense, hope to counterattack. Uh, just Dallas is a little bit better. They have a better goalie and I think they have more talented players than we have. Uh, that said, I didn't feel we were going to win, uh, but I did think we played well for the most part. Dallas is not a bad team. They're a good team. And we withstood their onslaught there in the third period, just like they did to us in the first. Uh, And even if we would have lost in overtime, it wouldn't have bothered me too much because we did play well. Um, And it's nice to see us playing, uh, you know, what Barry Trotz likes to call Islander hockey. Uh, That's the way we're going to have to win games. And I think that we've played the last couple of games. I think we've actually played well. Uh, So, I mean, we're picking up some points right now where I think – in the first playoff, in the first wild card spot, everybody else is starting to yes. win. Yes, we, we are in the first wild card spot. Yeah, we have some games in hand, but we need to start winning some games. And you're right, we have the Kings, which is a game we should win. Tampa Bay is really playing well right now. They're really playing well right now, even though we have, uh, in the recent past, have played very well against them. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough game, and Washington's always tough. So. And one thing that is it's kind of nice for me, grumpy old man, at least being able to listen to the Dallas Stars uh, broadcast, is they were talking about different things than you know what typically Brendan and Butch would talk about. So I was able to kind of listen and experience a different NHL um, announcing crew. And they talked, and I believe, if, if I'm remembering this correctly, the Dallas Stars had the most or top five in points for since November 1st of this year. So they kind of got off to a little bit of a rocky start, I believe, but then they really kind of kicked into the gear to speak to what you were talking about, how the Dallas Stars are a good team. That being said, they also talked about the New York Islanders in the pregame, and and I found this very interesting. And I knew the numbers were probably skewed because if everybody remembers, the Islanders started off the season very, very hot. At one point in time, we were 16-3-1. 
And we had that, I think it was a 16-game point streak. Maybe it was a 17-game point streak. I cannot recall. I think it was 17 games. It was a lot of games. Yes. And they broke it down so nicely for us, and I'm so happy they did. But over the first 20 games of the season this year, the Islanders were 16-3-1, as I just mentioned. They scored 3.14 goals a game and gave up 2.43 goals a game. At that time period, that was number one in the NHL in goals against average. And when you're scoring over three goals a game, that's very respectable. You're 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 going to be at least in the middle of the pack of the NHL for goals for, if not maybe the upper middle pack. And in the last 30 games, in the last 31 games now, the Islanders have gone 14, 12, and 5 with a goals per game average of a 2.66 and a goals against average of a 2.86. So that is a pretty substantial difference. I mean, you're talking about a goals against average has, that has increased by 0.4 over that stretch of games. And if you're talking about a team that predicates its play off of good defense and fundamentally sound goaltending, the team defensive effort, it is very odd to see that goals against average almost close to a 2-9, teetering maybe close to a 3 again as things continue. Well, two eight seven is not close to three. It's not. It's not even two nine. Don't panic. Okay? I can squint to make it a, a three, right? I can go from two eight seven to three, but nonetheless, I mean, a two eight seven. Uh, that's a lot higher than what we've been accustomed to under the Barry Trotz regime. Yeah, I, I see you once again trying to put me in the role of being the Pollyanna fan here, which I can do easily. I can easily morph from one side to the other. I know it's very difficult for someone such as yourself to do that, but it's something that I can easily do. Now to look at the positive thing. 14, 12, and 5, I believe you said was. 14, and we, 12, and 5. And we were giving up 0.2 more goals than we were scoring uh, per game over that time frame. I guess it says something about us that – uh, even though we're giving up more goals appreciably, we're still able to have a uh, be a positive over 500 uh, in winning percentage. Um, also, this came with the loss of Adam Pellick, uh, and our defense has had to make adjustments since then. It also, we had quite a few blowouts, and it all started with that Nashville game, as you remember, uh, way back when we lost eight to three. I won't forget it. Um, and I think right now we've kind of righted the ship a little bit. So, I mean, like I said, your season's ups and downs during the season. It seems like we're playing better again. There were even games where we were winning where I thought we were hard defensively. Today was just Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey, two of my favorites, who looked brutal out there tonight, and we still managed to get a win. Uh, so, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. I think we're starting to come out the other side, uh, and the trade deadline is coming up in not what, like 10 days, something like that. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen? Well, I didn't want to be doom and gloom. I, I just wanted to bring up that stat because I knew we, we had struggled a little bit since that big, long winning streak, and I knew that was the case. I did not know the numbers, the goals for, the goals against averages, and it was just convenient that they popped that up on the screen and made sure to take a screenshot of it. And I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, wow. It's, it's much different when you're able to actually see the statistics side by side compared to the beginning of the season where you're red hot looking like one of the best teams in the NHL, the best team in the NHL, to where we kind of cool off a little bit. It's just interesting to see those two stat lines. Um, that being said, I think you are right. Um, to see that, you know, I, winning percentage, I know it's always argued because, I mean, technically a, a loss in overtime is still a loss. But, I mean, you're still gathering points from that overtime loss. But, I mean, to be 14, 12, and 5 when you're giving up 
1.2 goals more a game than you're scoring, it's it's definitely positive to look at. And you're right, we did lose Adam Pellick, and we have had to make adjustments. I mean, this with Noah Dobson now kind of being thrust onto the scene, and it's going to be interesting to kind of see how we continue. Yeah, and you know what's even more impressive? The fact that the Dallas Stars were able to come up with that uh, stat while flipping all those multiple burgers that you were talking about earlier. You want to talk about multi-talented. That's it in a nutshell. They're skilled. What can I tell you? Um, back to the game today, uh, and you mentioned Noah Dobson. I thought he played really, really well. I think he's really settling in. Uh, he had his minutes cut again a little bit today um, in certain times, and uh, but I thought he played extremely much better rushing the puck. I, I thought he was. I thought he was really, really good today. And we also had the debut of uh, Kiefer Bellows today, who I think and got his first NHL point. And that goal was uh, he got the secondary assist, but it wasn't a Josh Bailey secondary assist. It was a hustle second assist. He kept the puck in the zone, got the puck over to, uh, to uh, Del Cole, who lost it he, uh, down the other side of the ice. Bellows crossed ice, made the interception back to Del Cole, who uh, threw it to Broussard, who scored a goal that never should have scored, his first one in a Josh Bailey-like 29 games. Well, I am glad you definitely watched the Islanders broadcast because I was not sure how many games it was since Derek Broussard's last goal, but 29 games. And I'm going to tell you one thing. The way he put that goal in the net against Ben Bishop was almost Houdini-like. I, I thought if you could take that shot – a hundred times you maybe could put one of those in the net. He almost looked like he had the entire post covered. And it was funny listening to the Dallas broadcast. They were talking about how occasionally Ben Bishop does this as he goes ahead. When he stacks his pads up against the post, he occasionally leaves a little bit of space and he doesn't stack them all the way. And occasionally he gets beat like that. I did not know that. Maybe the Islanders have done their scouting report. Maybe Derek Broussard picked up on that and knew that. And that's why he threw the puck at the net from that angle. I'm not sure, but I did think that was interesting. Yeah, I, I believe they said maybe it wasn't 29, maybe it was 19. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, it was during that lo- that loopy period for me in the second period, um, and I was I, I thought they said 29 games, maybe it was 19 games or December 19th. I don't know. Here's the thing: he hasn't scored in a long time. That's much I can tell you. And uh, you know, Barry Trotz did a good job of stopping his scoring streak when he broke up that line way back when. Uh, but like I said, I thought Kiefer Bellows, matter of fact, his skating style kind of reminds me a little bit of Brian Trottier. That was the first thing I thought when I saw him out there. I said, oh, he looks a little bit like Brian Trottier's skating style out there. And he has an NHL type game. Uh, his dad, uh, Brian Bellows, I think he scored uh, like 435 career NHL goals and even had a system where a season where he scored over 50. Um, he's second on the all-time list for uh, the Minnesota North Star slash Dallas Stars way back when. Um, and I, like I said, his dad his dad was really, really good. He was the second pick of the draft whatever year he was drafted, and Kiefer looked really good today. I was about to go ahead and add in because I did get some informational tidbits. They made sure to cover that in the pregame for the Dallas broadcast. They talked about how Brian Bellos was drafted second overall, how he was tied, I believe. Uh, he's still tied, actually, for the uh, franchise record for most goals in the rookie season. I believe it was at 34 or 38. I can't remember now, to be honest. 
but he had he did have a 50 goal season there as well grumpy old man you are right about that and they paid a nice little tribute to uh brian bellos ahead of time and uh Kiefer and everything like that and i thought that was you know it was very respectable especially from the dallas stars organization and broadcast crew yeah and um I don't care about that old has been. I just care about the new kid who plays for the Islanders now. I, I just remember Brian Bellows playing. He was good. Um, uh, we can only hope that Kiefer Bellows is as good as his dad. I don't see that happening, honestly. But, you know, if he could be three-quarters of the player of his dad, we'll have something special there. And I just hope he's not somebody that we consider moving at this trade deadline. And speaking of that, grumpy old man, I want to talk to you about something written by Pierre Lebrun in The Athletic. I saw it, and I almost vomited based off of this rumor. And we are in the wacky, crazy season, Islander fans, where you're going to have uh, the silly season. That's correct. The silly season. And you're going to have NHL pundits, random Twitter handles are going to be throwing throwing against the wall some of the most ridiculous – trade scenarios that don't make any sense for people. And Pierre Lebron is one of the first offenders, in my opinion. So they talked about, you know, five or six potential moves that could happen around this trade deadline time period. And Pierre Lebron said, okay, one thing I could see happening is the Islanders giving, uh, the Islanders receiving, better yet, uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Ron Hainsey, from the Ottawa Senators, and you know he he backed up the Ron Hainsey claim because Ron Hainsey was brought in to Toronto by Lou Lamarillo, so I guess it would make sense, you know, with Adam Pellick possibly injured, to bring in a Ron Hainsey again because Lou Lamarillo is familiar with him and he's familiar uh, with Lou and Jean Gabriel Pajot, who would hopefully add a little bit of offensive firepower, and the Islanders would give up a bare minimum a second round pick in this year's draft and a third-round pick in next year's draft, as well as Kiefer Bellows. But under the condition, if the Islanders make it to the second round of the playoffs, that second-round pick becomes a first-round pick in this this year's draft upcoming, so the 2020 draft. And if Jean-Gabriel Pajot signs back with the Islanders, that third-round pick in the 2021 draft would become a second-round pick in the 2021 draft. So in this scenario, Pierre Lebron thinks that the Islanders could possibly trade away a first and a second round pick, a first round pick in this year's draft of 2020, a second round pick in the 2021 draft, and Kiefer Bellows, who was just called up the day he wrote this article, for Jean-Cabriel Pajot and Ron Hainsey, if the Islanders make it to the second round of the playoffs and Jean-Gabriel Pajot signs back with the Islanders. Um, no. Sorry. Uh, that That's just idiotic. Um, and I like JG Pajot. I really do. I think that, uh, he's a good player and he could help us, but to think that you would trade, uh, you know, possibly a first and a second round pick and Kiefer Bellows for JG Pajot, if he signs back and Ron Hainsey, I, I think he's like, he's in his mid thirties. Why would we want someone like that? I just don't, uh, for me. I think that's uh, just a silly, a silly trade proposal. Um, I, I have to ask: Was Pierre? I don't know who Pierre talked to, but would he think that Lou Lamarillo had just had a stroke to make a trade offer like this? I mean, that would be my question because that's uh, that's just no, that's no way. Sorry, can't happen. And that's just, in my opinion, Pierre just not doing his homework. 
And and the reasoning behind my thought process in, in that is the Islanders' prospect depth is not very deep. And you look at their prospect pool, it's not. To be honest, it's just not very deep. And, you know, sure, defensively, absolutely we're deep. But to think we would go ahead and give up one of our forwards, a first-round draft pick a few years ago, and, I mean, Jean-Cabriel Pajot in our, in our team would fit in as a number three center. I mean, that is the best case scenario for him because he I don't I don't foresee him ever taking over Brock Nelson, especially with how well he's done this season. And he won't ever take over Matt Barzal at the center role. So you're talking about a guy who would be a third line center to give up essentially. And Ron Hainsey, my gosh, I, I, don't, I think he's 38 years old. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I thought I know he's in his mid 30s. I thought 37. I was I'm not quite sure. Here's the thing. Too old for us to be making a move for a guy like that. Um, but here's the thing. J.G. Pajot could be a second-line center if Brock Nelson continues to play like he did tonight. But you, said, like I said, I'm just going to bag on Brock tonight because he was he was terrible tonight, but he has not been terrible this season. So You he, have to get out all the hatred because you wanted him to be so bad, grumpy old man, and he's no, done so well this year. No, he has done well this year. I, I just said that. He has done well. I call, I call it down the middle. He has done well this year, but tonight he was brutal. He was old Brock Nelson, and he could have saved it with the goal there at the end. Oh yeah, we like Brock. No, I'm, I still don't like him. I don't care. I don't care. But but he's played extremely well this year for us. Um, and like I like I mentioned before, I, you know, I like Pajot, but not at not at that price. Sorry. And I will say this: Well, Brock Nelson did go ahead and force a turnover that sprung the Anthony Bavillier breakaway goal. So again, he did have moments tonight. Um, that being said, you're right. I do not think Jean Gabriel Pajot is anywhere near worth as much as Pierre LeBron predicted. I just don't think he's going to go for that much. Or correction, he might go for that much. But I could tell you one thing: the Islanders should not pay that much for a Jean Gabriel Pajot. I mean, you want to look at just reckless. That would be a perfect example of that. Uh, yikes, if we were to ever do anything along those lines. Um, and I will say, speaking of trades, the I believe it was NBC Sports Network uh, released a, a prediction of teams, like the top 10 teams they expect to make a move at the deadline. And the New York Islanders were number one on that list. It was released today. So... I guess the Islanders are definitely going to be making a move in some capacity at the trade deadline. Uh, you know what I mean? Or, or that's at least what everybody's predicting. Um, but I, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, myself, I, you know what? They can say that. Lou hasn't made a trade in, what, however long he's been here. And I don't want to see him making one now unless it's for a young piece that's going to be with us long term. I don't want to see any rentals. I don't want to see any 34-year-old defenseman, 30-year-old defenseman, unless it's for a bag of pucks. I don't want – you're right. Our prospect pool is poor right now. It's shallow. Very, yeah, very, very shallow. Correct. Hey, nice. There you go. I'll give you credit. Shallow is even better than poor. Um, uh, but that said, if you're going to make any moves – you move some of your defensemen who are down in the minors. That's who you should move. You have a whole lot of those type players. Move them. There's always a demand for young, cost-effective defenders, and that's what we should be moving, not any of our forwards who are prospects. I just 
we need help offensively. You don't want to be getting rid of those players. I mean, if we're talking about young forwards that are prospects, we only have a handful that I think would even show a blip on the radar for a team. You have Oliver Wallstrom, obviously. I, I guess Kiefer Bellos in this scenario, he's been extremely hot down there in Bridgeport. And uh, again, was just called up recently by the Islanders. So I don't see him being a, a piece that would ever be considered to be moved, at least at this time period. You've got Ruslan Ishikov drafted in the second round two years ago. Um, Josh Hosang, no trade value there. Um, so nothing to worry about in that regard. Uh, Otto Koivula, but you don't really have a lot of pieces that would even be movable. You know what I mean? That would even tip the scale a little bit for a team to make a substantial trade. You're right. A rental is not anything the Islanders need to even concern themselves with. And I have a really, really bad feeling in my gut, grumpy old man, that we might go ahead and trade for a guy who is borderline rental or that is a rental. And I, I, I don't know what my reaction is going to be, but I know it's not going to be happy because, again, we are not one player away from being a Stanley Cup competitor. We're just not. No. Um, I've said that on numerous podcasts in the past. Uh, my feelings haven't changed. At the end of the day, I'd rather move veterans as opposed to any young players. I wouldn't move any draft picks unless you're going to get someone who's a younger player who's going to be there for a long time. That, that's fine. But other than that, I, ju I just don't see us making – I just don't see what we could do to make ourselves a Stanley Cup contender this year. I just I just don't. To me, that's something you need to do in the offseason. Sign – I mean, I know we missed out on Panarin. We need to shoot for the moon on guys like that. I mean, that's, that's the only way we're going to get better, honestly. Uh, you only really get honestly better through two ways. If you're very good, you can get better through the draft, but you really have to hit on a lot of those players. You can't have hit years where you, you find a guy or two that can really make an impact, and then you have a year where you completely miss, a swing and a miss, per se. If you want to get better through the draft, you have to consistently be hitting at least one or two legitimate contributors every single year. And if you don't do that, it's hard to go and build your team solely through the draft. You can also build it through free agency, make a key acquisition over the offseason. Islanders have yet to do the free agent route um, in a quite some time. Um, that being said, there's just a lot of really talented teams out there. I, and you talk, we talk about Tampa, and I really think this is – I thought last year was Tampa's year, but you wonder if after that embarrassing sweep – in the playoffs by the Columbus Blue Jackets, if this year is their year. Can I also mention something before I'm no. sure you respond, grumpy old man? No. The Columbus Blue Jackets never would I ever have expected them to do as well as they're doing right now this season. They're a complete surprise, and if they somehow make the playoffs, I, I, Tortorella for coach of the year? Yeah, I think that speaks to how good Tortorella is as a coach, honestly. Um if you would have told me going into the season that they were going to compete uh, for a playoff spot, I would have said probably not. Look at all the guys they lost. They lost Duchesne. They lost Panarin. I think they lost somebody else too. Uh, Bobrovsky. Right. They lost some big pieces out of that team. But you know what? When a lot of their young guys are stepping up, that's what happens when you have a solid draft and you build through the draft and you don't keep around a bunch of older players. 
you get let guys step in and i mean surprising certainly uh speaking to your tampa bay reference i've said numerous times they remind me of the islanders before they won the cup uh a team that was so much better than everybody else but something would happen where they couldn't get over the couldn't get over the hump and like i said the year that they won they had a down year and then they made the trade for butch goring and it's like they say the rest is history um and sometimes you need to do that i'll be interested to see what they do with the trade deadline i don't even know if they need anything they're they're, they're fantastic and now they're playing up to their capabilities so i mean maybe that loss that obviously had effect on the beginning of the year but uh they've really turned it around the second half i mean they're they're fantastic they're back to we and what they what you expect them to be they are who we thought they were yes uh you're not kidding there grumpy old man uh something interesting to go ahead and note again i i know it's early yet in the season we are only in february and there's a lot of things that can happen but right now if we were to look at the playoff picture the toronto maple leafs would not make the playoffs i did not know that either and the thing is i know they kind of had a little bit of a um a rebirth after mike babcock left but if you look at the atlantic division you've got the bruins in first with 76 points, which is, again, most in the NHL at this time period. Then you have the Tampa Bay – oh, I'm sorry, the second most. The Capitals actually have the most points in the NHL. So I'm sorry. The Bruins have 76 points. Still an impressive feat. The Lightning with 71 points. The Florida Panthers with 64 points. And then a close fourth in the Atlantic Division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And everybody knows that the Metropolitan Division is unbelievably close. So the Metropolitan Division, if it, you know the playoffs were to start today, both of the wild card teams would both be from the Metropolitan Division. The Islanders with the number one wild card spot, and then the Philadelphia Flyers with the number two wild card spot. I hate the Flyers. Everyone knows I hit my haters with the Flyers. I'm sure they'll tank when it counts. Uh, I think that. And it's the same thing, you know, you mentioned earlier about Dallas, how uh, they've turned their season around. Remember Jim Montgomery got fired kind of seemingly out of nowhere, and we found out that he's had alcohol issues. And their coach is now Rick Bonus, who actually coached during the dark, dark times with Mike Milbury as a GM many years ago. And he's helped turn that team around uh, for, to what they're capable of doing. And then you're seeing uh, – like you said, with Toronto, they've kind of turned their season around since uh, Mike Babcock was fired and Sheldon Keefe was brought on. So I still think that they have uh, – I still think they're going to make the playoffs with 30 games to go. You'll probably see – or maybe you'll see Florida drop down a little bit. You know, but Quinville is a really good coach too, and, you know, maybe they stay up. You never know. Maybe – I mean, I don't know how many points Toronto has, but you're looking at – everybody's like 63, 64 points in playoff contention. I don't know how many points Toronto has. Toronto, Toronto has 63 points. And the okay. thing is, they're, they're right within grasp. I'm just saying it's very, very close. And it's just interesting to see, again, this this entire Eastern Conference is, is really, really tight. I mean, you're going to have a lot of teams – Fighting for that those two those two wild card spots right down to the end the way it looks right now, and again the Islanders are a team where right now they're in a wild card spot, and given they do have some games in hand over the Blue Jackets, um, yeah. they have a game in hand over the the Penguins, um, a few over the Washington Capitals. Given, and that being said, 
it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, we hit a little bit of a rough patch or if we really, you know, go through the roof over this next little time period, how that will affect what we do with the trade deadline. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll be fighting for a, a wild card spot. I don't, well, I mean, or the third spot. Here's the thing. We're not going to beat out Washington. We're not going to beat out Pittsburgh. So we're playing for third or one of the wild cards. And every you're right. Everybody's bunched together. Even the teams that are out are like, and now we have 66 points. But you're looking at these other teams. Uh, you know, they're not really far behind. It's 30 games to go. We do have games in hand on everyone, I believe. So, you know, that helps. We just need to keep winning. We just need to keep winning. If we keep winning, everything's going to take care of itself. And, and that being said, you know, having the games in hand is good. But in the same token, we are going to be playing a lot of games within a short amount of time period. I think we have the most games down the stretch out of any NHL team from this point on. And that's where my concern comes in with the defense and the minutes that we're playing people. Today, I thought Ryan Pulak in the third period was almost playing like he was a little bit dinged up. And, and the overtime also, I don't, he, maybe he was a little tired, um, but it almost looked like he was fighting off some injury uh, at the end of the third period and an overtime. And hopefully that's not the case. Uh, that's somebody it would be really, really tough to lose. Uh, now he's paired up with Nick. What What's your nickname for Nick Letty? Nick Letty. 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 Well, he had one of those passes right out into the slot today. Um, I was like, yikes, even even Butch commented on it. And uh, it was yikes bed. We, we can't afford to lose Ryan Pulak. Uh, we just can't. And hopefully it was just he was just tired. But like I said, he looked like he was struggling out there, the tail end of the third and in overtime. Well, I do want to throw this in. So the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Colorado Avalanche have the most games left to play. All those teams all still have 31 games still left to play this season. So, and they're going to, those, those teams are going to have a lot of games within a short amount of time period. Yeah. Uh, Colorado's really good. Um, they're one of the top teams in the West. The Rangers are better than they have been. I don't think they're a threat for the playoffs this year, um, but they could play a spoiler role. Uh, towards the end of the season for anybody because they have much improved. So, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens. Uh, We just need to keep winning. Like I said, we just need to keep winning. Well, I pulled something, uh, and I wanted to talk about it here briefly. In the next eight games, the Islanders are going to play seven teams that are currently in playoff contention. Again, we talked about it. This upcoming Thursday, they play the Los Angeles Kings, not in a playoff spot, not going to make the playoffs. Then they play the Tampa Bay Lightning. They play the Washington Capitals, the Philadelphia Flyers, who are technically in the playoffs. If you know the playoffs were to stop today in the second wild card spot, they play the Nashville Predators, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Arizona Coyotes, who are actually in a playoff spot in a wild card spot. If if you know again the playoffs were to start today, and then the Colorado Avalanche. So if you want to talk about a rough stretch of games for the Islanders, they have seven of their next eight games are going to be against playoff caliber teams. It is going to be an important stretch for the Islanders, so do not underestimate how important these next eight games for the Islanders are. And if you look at it also, it's going to be right before the NHL trade deadline. Yeah. um, Like I said, I'm glad we're playing as good as we can play right now um, because if we were playing like we were, you know, whatever, three weeks ago, we'd be in trouble. We'd really be in trouble. 
I'm I feel a little bit better since we've been playing better, uh, and hopefully we'll get more W's and L's. Uh, man, I I hate playing the role of the Pollyanna, man, dude. That's you. Oh no no, grumpy old man. I'm not, I'm not being pessimistic. I'm just saying this is an important time period. I'm providing a little context for everybody. All right, it's just tough having to play the the gadfly that you are for the Islander franchise. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hmm. It's, it's tough, tough to go be me every day, isn't it, grumpy old man? Just like I say in the office, Michael, it's really tough to be you, to put on your clothes and to be you every single day. Yeah, very true. Matter of fact, you know, just thinking about it, I have to come up with a catchphrase for the grumpy old man. And I was thinking of a couple, you know, it makes, you know, know your role, shut your mouth. That's the rock. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I'm coming. I was even going to think about using old superstar Billy Graham, uh, the tower, um, the man of the hour, the tower power, too sweet to be sour. But I'm like, you know what? It doesn't really go with the grumpy old man, but I'm going to come up with a catchphrase for myself and I'm going to unveil it Sunday. Okay, grumpy old man, you're going to have to come up with your own catchphrase because I don't want you just going ahead and pawning off somebody else's catchphrase like The Rock. Uh, or anything like that. I want you to come up with your own original one. I know you have plenty of creativity, and I know you can do that. I I, I do. I already have one picked out, but I'm going to save it for uh, Sunday when we have a uh, special guest on our podcast. Ah, yes, yes, we do have a special guest on our podcast. Um, but Grumpy Old Man, we are almost out of time for today's podcast. Is there anything else you want to say before we got right into the prediction segment? Yeah, I just want to say who we're going to be bringing on is that scab who does uh, the Hockey Podcast Network's uh, Washington Capitals. He's known as the Hockey Troll, and I don't know what he looks like, but just what he sounds like. I've I've done you know some of the Patreon podcasts with him. He sounds like a guy who lives under a bridge, and that's probably what he looks like. So <laughs> that's what I'm expecting, and I'm going to unveil that catchphrase when he's there. Okay, Grumpy Man, I am looking forward to because I don't know your catchphrase. Um, but that being said, the Islanders again will play the Los Angeles Kings on Thursday and then the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. Grumpy old man, what is your prediction for those two upcoming games? Three points. Three points. Wow. Three points. Wow, Grumpy old man. Okay. I'm going to go two. I, I think we actually, I think we beat the Los Angeles Kings. It's going to be a home game for us against the Kings. So I think we win. And then we're going to be playing um, in Tampa. So, again, it's going to be an away game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, not sure we win that one. Again, with how well the Tampa Bay Lightning have been playing as of late, I think we come away with two points. Um, and our job of predictions only gets harder and harder as we play a whole bunch of playoff caliber teams in the upcoming days. And they're not getting too hard for me. I can make any prediction I want, whether it comes through or not. doesn't matter. <laughs> Very true, Grumpy Old Man. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to say before we kind of go ahead and bid our adieu for the day's podcast? No, I just want to say thank you for including me on the podcast as always. Well, thank you, Grumpy Old Man. And thank you so much to the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, we are very grateful that they allow us to go ahead and have this podcast on multiple different platforms. Whether you listen to it on SoundCloud, Apple, um, I think uh, Spotify. I believe there's also a Google um, Sketcher or Stitcher or something of that nature. I'm not sure. It's a newer newer one. I believe we have our own RSS feed, um, which is in the works. So that's going to be interesting to see that continue to develop. But I'm excited. Again, they're really helping us out a lot. We're very thankful for the Hockey Podcast Network and thankful for the listeners. Um, We went through an arduous time there for the Islanders. 
and things were not looking good at certain time periods. But again, we're very, very happy that you guys continue to listen and support the Islanders as we do. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see over these next eight games how the Islanders come out of the other side. And we want to thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much, Grumpy Old Man. My pleasure.